0: Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host Dave Richardson, and it is Stu's days. Delayed Stu's days. Stu uh, Kenwell, welcome back. Hi Dave, how you doing? Good, good, good. I I I took a vacation last week. Yeah, I heard I heard you uh, you, you called in to talk to me, and uh, and I, and I wasn't there, and you were you were sad. It was a disappointing week for me, Dave. Don't 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 worry. I'm back. I know I look like I'm about to retire, but uh, but uh, but but I'm I'm not there yet. But. Uh, the uh, it was uh, it was interesting watching what's been going on, though, since uh, with 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 a, a two week gap before uh, between uh, recordings. And uh, one, one of the one of the particularly interesting things that happened just after we recorded the last podcast uh, was was really the, the first um, big numbers around inflation. And and then we've seen a, a fairly Interesting, almost counterintuitive uh, reaction to those numbers. Uh, what did what did you uh, think of when you saw the numbers released, and then what's happened since, and how do you interpret them? Well, it was uh,
1: it's a great point, and it's a it's a good reminder uh, uh, that markets are relentlessly forward looking. Um, the day before that inflation uh, print came out, there was uh, uh, an article from. Um, a Stanley Druckenmiller, a well-known hedge fund manager in the United States, uh, you know, talking about, you know, that the Fed should be removing some of the stimulus that they're providing because inflationary pressures were uh, quite high. Then then we had the inflationary number get reported, which from a headline standpoint was extremely strong. Although, you know, when you got into some of the details, um, you know, there was a bit of a sightline into how it could be a little bit transitory. Um you know there was you know some reopening uh, contacts that uh, you know might not repeat uh, you know areas that um, that uh, would certainly be subject to debate so it ended up marking a bit of a short-term high in interest rates you know we're talking in a couple of weeks and what have you so it's it's uh it's uh, it's you know I wouldn't say it's significant to the intermediate term but you know it tends to be around some of these big events kind of like a, a big sporting event right it's like you 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 had your you know your Super Bowl uh, right around the print, and then there's a bit of a, a sigh afterwards. And you know the Fed, the Federal Reserve, and other central banks were quick out to say uh, that we think that this inflation that we're experiencing right now is is uh, cyclical and that it's a bit transitory, and that uh, you know they while they think it could be a little bit elevated and help them get to their goal, they don't think it's like four percent from now till till forever. And, uh, and then they also said that uh, and if it is we have the tools to deal with it which you'd expect them to say and if it persists and growth is strong eventually we're going to get some removal of stimulus but what it allowed uh, markets to kind of focus on is to say that uh, you know the likelihood of something extreme happening on this file uh, likely uh, likely downplayed a little bit and um, and you saw a little bit of rotation in the in the marketplace where you um, you know Some of the, the growth names uh, that have uh, both a secular and a bit of a cyclical uh, story uh, continue to do quite well. Um, and you had some areas like even in the pharmaceuticals and the staples area, which you know aren't really thought of as big cyclical stocks, start to perform a little bit better from a relative strength basis. And uh, and, and a modest easing in some of the most economically sensitive. And as I said, it is a great reminder because markets are relentlessly forward looking and even as we sit here in the summer of 2021 people have started to talk about not just 2022 but even 2023 and um and you know i think i mentioned uh, uh you know an earnings a forecast that came from one economist uh, at ISI that said uh, you know we might exit uh, 2022 uh, kind of annualizing around 250 dollars on the S&P 500 and in fact a number of strategists have come out with you know call it 240 to 250 in 2023 and then the question becomes is is the businesses that i own or that we own are are they going to be growing faster than the stock market 2023 over 2022 and in order for that happen to happen you need a reasonable economic backdrop which it looks like we're going to have but you also need to have some strong demand and and consumers and and businesses pulling through your products to drive that type of revenue growth that will drive earnings growth in that time frame. where, as I say, the economy could still be okay, but it's not likely to have this huge, you know, kind of cyclical burst that we're having right now as everything reopens. Like if you're talking 2023 over 2022, you're not talking reopening trades. You're talking about good businesses just growing in and of themselves. And that's, uh, you know, that's become a bit of the discussion in the last, uh, you know, two weeks or so. Uh, it'll be highly dependent on this notion that inflation is is uh, improving, uh, that the economy is is good, that uh, you know eventually stimulus will get to be removed in a very measured fashion. Um, you know that's a that's a bit of a kind of Goldilocks scenario, um, but that's something that's uh, taken place. Uh, you know that seems like a lot that took place while you were on vacation, actually, uh, when you think about it. But uh, that's where the discussion's kind of migrated.
0: Yeah, well, I, I and, and you know the uh, it's, it it's been a for uh, for 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 quite some time almost you know, with COVID accepted uh, been kind of that scenario where you've had pretty good solid growth, pretty good solid earnings, and low inflation, low interest rates, and that can allow markets to to perform very well as they have over the last dozen years uh, since the end of the, the 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 global financial crisis, and and you know I think what people need to remember. Uh, on, on the the inflation debate is you know the, you're comparing year over year numbers, and you know where we were last April for everyone to to go back and remember it seems like forever ago uh, through the midst of this crisis, uh, but the entire world was locked down almost in sync at that point. Uh, so you're 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 bouncing prices off very depressed levels, uh, very depressed levels of economic activity. Uh, so. That number alone doesn't suggest that inflation's a huge problem. It could, could just as you say, and some of the underlying information around it, suggest that maybe maybe the view that it's transitory is starting to take hold. And then you've got you know tremendous earnings coming with good economic growth, controlled interest rates. Hey, that's a pretty good scenario for investing. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know that
1: supports higher valuations. I think the one area that um, you know unemployment, you still read about, you you read about a lot of businesses that just can't find workers and uh you start to hear uh businesses that are giving you know iPhones if you come to work for me like upfront bonuses and uh you know some wages starting to increase so that's one thing that you know we'd kind of have to keep our eye on on that file but um but uh, for now uh, looks uh, looks pretty good and and um you know I know we have the banks uh, starting reporting this week and and um yeah you know, that can be a pretty good backdrop
0: yeah and just be Stu, Stu just before you go into that I just want to say for those who have not listened to this podcast before this is stu kedwell the co-head of north american equities at rbc global asset management this isn't just some, some guy i met on the street and when it comes to banks canadian banks uh no one knows more so sorry be- before you start talking about the banks i want to make sure that you people know you uh, you're you're you've, you've got some background on this <laughs> yeah well that's very very nice of you to
1: say i think there's uh, some people i meet on the street they would prefer not to hear what i have to say but uh <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the banks will start reporting. I think the, you know, the quarter itself, uh, you know, we'll be looking for, uh, signs on like credit card spending and, uh, you know, some, some real kind of business oriented signs, account openings, things like this, uh, credit should still be very strong. Uh, maybe there'll be some credit releases. These are types of things that the market tends to, uh, you know, tends to look through, um, But, uh, you know, that environment that we just spent the first part of the discussion talking about can be pretty good for banks. Uh, uh, You know, gradually rising interest rates, which means that, you know, consumers are not necessarily shocked, which can create provisions for credit. Uh, Commercial loan growth eventually will resume once the economies reopen and find their footing. Um, You know, credit card uh, usage will start to improve. Payments will start to improve uh wealth uh, looks to be still pretty strong, so um, can be not a bad environment for the uh, the financial stocks. And and what we'll be looking for in this quarter is not necessarily, uh, you know, that they're they're crushing numbers or you know what what have you. We'll be looking for signs that that intermediate to term belief is uh, is correct.
0: And 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 Stu, the, they, it, it's 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 been a, I guess a, a, the way it's always it's it's been for a long long time that the Canadian banks are a little bit out of cycle with the U.S. banks in terms of their reporting. They're about a month behind, a couple of weeks, a few weeks behind a lot of the big uh, companies in Canada and the U.S. in terms of, uh, of reporting their quarterly results. We, we've seen a, you know, a great quarter, if we go back last month, around the, the U.S. banks and, and, and other firms reporting. And yet, in a lot of cases, when it came to their stocks, and of course, Canadian bank stocks have been fantastic investments this year. Uh, they've, they've risen dramatically. Um, it, it, can can these banks do enough to to justify, in terms of the reports, to, to to justify where they've moved so far this year?
1: Well, that's a that's a great point. Uh, you know, one line that uh, that we keep in mind. You know, heavy is the head who wears the crown, right? And they've been extremely strong as of late. But you know what what we look for when we think about these businesses over, you know, and I'm talking like three years, five years is you know, it's still a reasonably attractive current yield in the context of the current interest rate environment. Uh, Sometime in the summertime, we'll get a new head of OSFI and we'll probably hear about how dividend increase and maybe Shamsair buyback can kick into gear. But when you're sitting there in this interest rate environment, if you had the equation of a, you know, three and a half to 4% current dividend yield and dividend growth, uh, you know, say in the four to 7% range, you know, that can create pretty attractive total returns uh, over the long haul, notwithstanding what the share prices might do on on any given day, uh, we think that that's a really good combination uh, to get uh, our unit holders to where they want to be down the road.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think a great great advice for investors to to think about you know investing for the long term. Uh, that's investing. Uh, trading is trying to figure out what's going to happen based on one report. Uh, you know, in the few hours after that report is released, and what happens to the stock or stocks, if we're talking about all Canadian banks, um, and and you you as an investment manager are an investor, and that's why you've been so successful, and that's uh, you know something I think uh, you know everyday investors need to keep in mind. Hundred percent, Dave. All right, Stu. Well, we ran a bit long today. It's almost a uh, a, a, a double podcast to make up for last week's miss. Yeah, that's right, a twofer. A twofer, <laughs> exactly. So thank, thanks for your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you back next week and, uh, and see how those banks ended up doing.
1: Okay. Thanks, Dave.